I'm your host, Isaiah Copon. It's November 15, 2022, and this is Lift and Learn episode 103. In this episode, I'll talk about why rotation needs to be included in your workout routine. So common workout programs and traditional resistance training, most of the movements are just in one plane of motion. I'll explain why you need to start doing exercises with some movements that mimic more real life situations to prevent injury. And in the second topic, I talk about why balance and stability is an aspect of your training that you might be missing out on. So it's all about training in this week's episode. That's always fun. Before that, though, I'll talk a bit about what I've been up to lately, and that might include fitness-related topics, and it might not. If you want to follow me, your host, on Instagram, it's isaiah.copon, and you can also check out my website, isaiahcopon.com. The podcast is on Instagram at Lift and Learn Podcast, on Twitter at Lift and Learn Pod, and also on Facebook. You can just search Lift and Learn Podcast. With that being said, let's get into it. The boring shit will get you the best results. And that means having a better diet or way of eating and incorporating extra movement or exercise in your life. It's not really the sexy thing to do. It doesn't sell anything. That's why it's not marketed nearly enough by the fitness industry, but that's the truth. Fixing the simple pillars are what will get you the best results. You've been lied to. It's not supplements. It's not terkesterone or ashwagandha, and it's not that new high-intensity boot camp class. The solution is right there. We've known it for a long time. Most of us are just lazy, and it's not really our fault because we can get everything done with technology, even more so over the past decade. If you think about what businesses have been blowing up lately, you mean Uber Eats, grocery delivery systems. We don't even need to move to get food anymore. It's pretty amazing, actually. Soon, drones are just going to deliver all of our Amazon packages. But this is what gets you real results, actually making your own food and actually getting up and exercising. It doesn't even take that much out of your day. Start out with 10 to 30 minute intervals of training and you'll start to see tremendous results, especially if you're someone who's completely new to exercise. I talked about enjoyment last week, or maybe it was the week before. You got to find a type of movement you enjoy doing, something you love. This week, I substituted out some of my own cardio or exercise for the week in favor of raking the leaves on, that was just one day of the week, just to do something new. Another day, I was out golfing, so that replaced my training for the day. Remember that you don't only burn calories during exercise, you burn it all day, and a big component of that is NEAT, which stands for Non-Exercise Activity Thermogenesis. In layman's terms, Calories you burn when you're not doing planned exercise. So that means things like household chores or taking the stairs instead of the elevator every day. I have this one client. She's pretty new. So this was pretty eye-opening for her. She went shopping on the weekend looking for a couch. She watched her daughter play basketball that day. So she might have been up and cheering for her to score that day. And on those days, she sometimes burned an extra 500 to 1,000 calories more in a day than 
where I actually see her and we spend an hour lifting weights and resistance training. So in terms of burning calories, this neat, we can really use it to our advantage when it comes to maintaining a healthy body weight. Fall in love with the journey, not just the goal. It's like compound interest or a stock that you know is just going to keep going up and up. Don't just look at it every day and compare because there's going to be those ups and downs. But in the end, you're going to be really, you're just going to be going in the right direction if you're doing things properly. So keeping the diet simple, exercising a few times a week, it's really not as time consuming as most people think. Literally, as little as 15 to 30 minutes a day, or at least every other day, is going to be enough to start to see some progress. We've gotten away from these simple solutions that work. And that's probably because the mindset is always go, go, go. It's always thrown in our faces that working out is supposed to be some hardcore and intense, sweating as much as possible. It's always, look at me, I'm working out every single day for two or three hours, and look how it changed my body So you should just take the time out of your day to do what I'm doing. This is where the fitness industry is kind of backwards. I mean, that's all fine and good that that's what worked for them. But for the general population, this isn't going to work because it's way too much of a lifestyle change all at once. To start, working out a few times per week will be more than plenty for most people. There's been studies that show that exercise, whatever form it is, gives you a neutral to positive benefit in terms of a whole bunch of different health markers, so exercising just creates a healthier population as a whole. Even though studies may show that exercise might, on average, drop your blood pressure by less than 5 um, five mm slash hg, whatever, however you're supposed to say that, but if the whole world were to drop their average blood pressure by that number, that would mean a lot more healthy people overall and less of those cardiac events and strokes and heart attacks. In terms of making changes to your diet, as opposed to taking things away from your diet, I think it's a smarter strategy to actually add things into the diet at first. So I'm talking about foods that you don't normally eat, but they're just going to be good for you in terms of giving your body maybe other macro or micronutrients. That might mean adding in a vegetable or some fruit would be a good start. That could mean adding some fiber in the diet also, which is beneficial for most people, especially since... I believe about 90% of people, probably even more than that, are just not getting adequate fiber intake, which regulates the digestive system, it flushes out your body. From there, you just take baby steps. After a while, that might mean substituting out some of your daily foods for more healthy or less processed version, just those small steps, in order to get to the end goal. Of course, there are still benefits from those guilty pleasure foods, but having them once in a while is better than just having them anytime you feel like, because if you keep those foods around you in the house where it's visible, it's more likely for you to just absentmindedly indulge in whatever food that may be. So for me this week, a little transparency, uh, it was some cookies I had this week. I mean, nobody's perfect. And having one of those small cheat meals nowadays, if your diet is otherwise pretty healthy and you exercise regularly, the amount of damage that did to my body was pretty minimal, but that really just depends on the individual's health beforehand. For me, it won't trigger like some binging because I happen to go off the diet for a meal. Just take small steps, try to be 1% better today or this week compared to last week. A combination of these two, diet and exercise, along with other aspects also like sleep, social and mental health, and managing stress, 
that's going to lead to the best health you can achieve. The best you, basically. That'll lead to you feeling younger and probably in your best shape. This is the way you can change your life long term. It's not just about medicine until symptoms go away because if you don't change your lifestyle, if you don't fix the root issue, those health problems will likely come back and could come back in a more severe way. Anyways, okay, so my work today, uh, or sorry, this week was pretty standard. Nothing too exciting in that aspect, but it was pretty busy. Most of my clients have been absolutely just on point right now, which is important because going into the holiday season, that's going to be huge because you know towards the second half of December, which is only six weeks away or five weeks away, whatever it is, that's where we start to bring in those holiday foods and there's a lot of off days in there. So working hard now, you won't feel as bad during the last two weeks of the year with Christmas and the holidays. You can really just focus on family and the love that'll bring, boosting your social health stat there. So this week I did go to Farm Boy. It's like the Trader Joe's up here in Canada. I guess it's kind of like that, like a Whole Foods, but cheaper. There's actually stuff in there that's cheaper than the normal grocery stores. So that's cool. I got these organic blueberries at a decent price. They have some food that they make in-house, like pastries and stuff. So I got some pea meal bacon, because normal bacon is just so damn expensive these days. I bought some creme fraiche for some scrambled eggs, because I'm bougie like that. I got some kefir that was on sale there. Need those probiotics in my life. And then I got these, like, Timbit things, if you know what those are. They're like chocolate hazelnut-filled little donut spheres. So good. Got home, warmed those up in the microwave for like eight or nine seconds. It's amazing. I think they're called Zepole. I don't even think they use Nutella inside of it, actually, because it tasted a little bit more hazelnutty, but I don't know what it was. It was really good. You got to have that balance in your diet. That's what I'm talking about here. You got to have that balance in your diet. Don't just be all strict with it. I mean, you got to enjoy life sometimes too, right? I actually went there after going to Powerhouse Gym, which is about a half an hour from my place, but it's just so worth it to go there they have these hoist machines like the sickest plate loaded hoist bicep curl machine they got the chest fly hoist machine which i also like and the weights there are just a lifter's dream i feel like there's just metal plates banging against each other which just sounds bad ass i like that feel and sound uh, but the dumbbells there are just so inaccurate because they're just pure iron dumbbells. I'm convinced that the heavier uh, the dumbbells are just heavier there. It'll say like 90 pounds, but they're probably closer to 95 or 100 pounds. You could just feel the difference and you can see the plates are loaded on that little handle. It's pretty cool. Love lifting there. Like I said earlier, I did manage to get out onto the golf course. There's this one like 10 minutes away from my house. Just a little nine hole course and... People don't show up to the course, even during prime season, but now that it's the end of the season, it just seems deserted. Plus, I went in the morning, right after sunrise, there was no one there, I was all ready to go, showed up to the pro shop where you have to pay and stuff, and the door was locked. I thought about going back home and coming back later, but I looked around, looked at some of the greens, there's no frost on the ground, so I just decided to play without paying. Worked out pretty well. I got to practice a lot. Honestly, it was just so calming. I was the only one on the golf course about a half an hour, uh, half an hour before sun or after sunrise. It wasn't too cold of a day. I had a light sweater on, so it was like I had the course all to myself. I could have done whatever I wanted. I was hitting multiple balls at once, practicing my short game, my putting, 
And then the sixth hole came around. I saw some guy was cutting the grass at this point, usual maintenance stuff. And then I see this golf cart just headed straight at me. I was like, oh crap, they're probably going to kick me out of here. So I was already putting my clubs away and my glove away. And then she was like, okay, I'm just coming around to collect payment. So you don't have to pay afterwards. I was like, okay, yeah, cool. I already had the cash on me anyway. So that worked out. I didn't get to end up playing for free after all, but it was just still like a zen mode round of golf. It was just so relaxing to me. Plus, I got my steps in that day really early. Anyways, what else can I talk about this week? Um, there were a few quick headlines that pop up in my head, like Kanye just having an absolutely horrible October of 2022. At this point, does he even have a job anymore? Just so many companies got rid of him and he's not making it better for himself with whatever the heck he's been saying lately. Also, Kyrie Irving in the NBA. I don't know what's going on with him also. I think they suspended him for like at least five games. There's also this top prospect from the San Antonio Spurs. So this is basketball now. He was let go by the team. It wasn't clear why until a few days later. So Josh Primo, this is the top prospect guy from last year's draft. He also had a pretty good start to the year. The team let him go. I think it was before last Wednesday's game. He said on Instagram that he's dealing with mental health issues. A few days after he posted that, though, the infamous Woj, who seems to always have the inside scoop, he broke the story that this guy has actually exposed his privates to multiple females. Yeah, not a good look there. So... Yeah, there really must be something wrong with his head. And last thing I'll talk about is that Henry Cavill is leaving The Witcher after season three. I think it had partly to do with him having to shoot Superman, but I think it's also because the writers of the show never even liked The Witcher in the first place. So apparently people are saying that the writers and creators are just building their own little universe that's separate from how the books or the games did the original lore or story or whatever. And Henry, who plays the Witcher, he's a huge fan of the series, so I think he was also a little bit upset at the direction that they're going. Anyways, Liam Hemsworth is going to replace him for season four, so we'll see how that plays out. I don't think it's ever a good sign if they replace the main character of a show, though, so I guess we'll see what happens. I don't even think I've watched season two of the show yet, actually, and I know damn well I didn't finish The Witcher 3 on PS4. The only reason why I bought that game in the first place is because most of the reviews at the time were saying it was a 10 out of 10 game, but I just never got around to finishing the game. It was, it was good, though, just a bit tedious with all the side quests and stuff. But I will probably finish it one day, maybe whenever they release the next-gen update for the game. But like I said, it's hard to, f it's hard to find time to play uh, video games these days in the first place. Question 1. Why rotation work needs to be included to build muscle and overall health? This is becoming a bigger and bigger problem as we slowly start to become more dependent on robots or some kind of device to do jobs for us. Things like vacuuming, you can just have your Roomba go around and do that for you, and you don't even have to wash your own dishes. You can just stick them in the dishwasher. That's all well and good because our lives are also becoming busier than ever, but the thing is if you're skipping out on most of your daily duties and then you're doing only traditional re uh, resistance training on top of that, Chances are you may be still in pretty good health that way, but if you're really looking to 
build a body to be resilient under all kinds of stress, then rotation work is something that needs to be incorporated into your weekly workouts for the week. Also, it's actually uh, more than just rotation movements, which is what one of my clients asked me about. This also includes anti-rotational movements as well. So we'll get back to that in a second, but I want to backtrack a little bit. I got ahead of myself there, ahead of myself. Um, When you're skipping out on doing what I guess you could call unpaid work or that labor work, usually things around the house or something like gardening, if you're not doing those certain activities, then you're missing a part of your lives when it comes to moving the body in all different kinds of ways. When you're gardening, you may have to get down into a squat. If you're vacuuming or cleaning, you may be twisting your body around. Even if you're doing something as simple as washing the dishes, you're still cleaning, you're still moving, you're activating muscles, even though it may not be up to a gym level of intensity. If you skip out on these simple tasks that we, as humans, have been doing since the start of our existence, we start to lose the ability to do those movements. That's why it's always a tough task when you're trying to get someone to do a proper squat these days. If you look at a baby getting up off of the ground, they'll do a squat because that's just the easiest way to do it without some kind of other area doing it for you, without other compensations. Like if you watch a baby move to pick up something off of the ground, they'll get into a deep squat to do that. Anyone else over the age of, I don't know, let's say 10, you're going to be bending at the back. And then, I mean, you do that for years First, you'll lose the ability to squat, and second, you may also develop back problems, which is a common, that's a common issue today. Nowadays, we just stand and sit and lie down, and in the gym, it's more of the same. Unless you really look at your training as a whole, you may be missing this part of your workout. Rotational and anti-rotational movements, these are great because they can translate to other movements. We'll get specific in a second here, but... Rotational exercises can help translate to your normal or your daily life. This, the core, sorry, is the centerpiece. That's where your center of gravity is stabilized. If that's strong, you're lowering your injury risk for those common problems as you get older, like lower back pain, which you may already be experiencing in your 20s, like I said, because of our current lifestyle. So a main reason why you need to be performing rotation movements is for athletic purposes. Now, you might be thinking, okay, I'm just a regular person. I don't do anything athletic. That's fine, but these movements will help with daily movements also, which I just talked about. Helps with explosive movements and with day-to-day life movements. I've personally never had an oblique injury, but that's an injury that affects you in more ways than you can even think of. If you've never had an oblique injury, then you don't really know exactly how that'll affect your life, but I did hear this one athlete who had an oblique injury, and he was explaining the recovery process. He was saying that the days after he was injured, he couldn't even roll over in bed due to the amount of pain that it was causing him, and that's an athlete. I I believe it was a basketball player, if I'm remembering that correctly. Uh, That's someone who's in really good fitness condition, and it was hard for him to even do basic movements initially, so you could see how that would carry over to a regular person. Everyone will use their core for nearly every movement you can think of, and you rotate a lot more than you think. You might have to react quickly to something falling off of a counter, or you need to twist your body to grab something in the back seat of your car, or you have to make a quick movement to avoid walking right into someone. The same rules apply whether you're doing it for sport or not. 
So that's why it's important to incorporate these twisting and rotational movements as a part of your routine because it'll make your core stronger, which makes you stronger as a whole, and that should lead to less debilitating injuries in the future. I mentioned it briefly just a while ago. Sorry, I'm a little bit all over the place here, but if you build a strong core, rotational and anti-rotation movements help here. You'll lower your risk for that dreaded lower back pain, which everyone seems to experience at some point in their lives. So again, injury prevention is a pretty big reason why you need to have some movements where you're twisting your body or resisting outside forces that are trying to twist and turn your body. These movements, if you perform them safely and effectively, they're preventative measures to reduce your risk of injury, along with getting rid of those nagging aches and pains. So for these movements, especially if it's your first time doing these, technique is super important when it comes to building this kind of strength. You should do some of the movements I'm about to talk about. It's wise to go light on them initially just to get the form perfect before loading more and more weight. Then you keep a mental note or write it down to see if you feel okay. Again, listen to your body there. So let's list uh, some potential exercises that you should be figuring out a way to work into your routine. Remember that these all translate to real life daily activities. And these are some movements that I've included into my own training over the past few years since the pandemic started. I realized it was a glaring issue and... Without the gym, it gave me some time to change up my programming, and this is a bit of what I did. Some of my favorite exercises are, okay, let's start with the band chops. So you rotate during this one, and there's also the pal-off press, which is that anti-rotational work I've been talking about. Personally, I think cables are great for both of these movements, actually. You can also use bands, especially if you're just starting out or maybe to warm up with. The cables are pretty great though because you can load it pretty easily with the selector and you can just as easily change the angle that you're working with. So you can set up the lever at the top of the machine. So if we're talking about the band chops, you're going to go in a diagonal downward method. You can also have it lined up with your chest or your core, keeping your arms straight and then you just twist at the hip. That's another one. And of course you can set the lever of the cable machine at the bottom then you're doing that same twisting motion just diagonally upwards, if that makes any sense. With the Paloff Press, you can look this one up on YouTube. You can look all of these up on YouTube if you want to. You have the cable lined up with your chest, and you extend your arms for an ISO hold. For this one, since it's anti-rotational movement, you're fighting against the cable machine, which is trying to twist your body. You can hold this one for longer for more activation and resistance, and you can also make the weight heavier. That way there's more you have to fight against. Back to another rotational movement, let's keep going with the landmine rotation. There's a few ways you can do this one, and they'll target a different area. If your gym has the landmine set up, then that's perfect. If not, I've seen people just jam the barbell into the corner of the wall, maybe put a dumbbell on top of that so it doesn't move. For this one, you twist the body. You can either keep your hips square, or you can also rotate the core and the hips for a more dynamic movement with more range of motion. This one hits the core and the obliques, and another one for the obliques, which is an alteration of personally one of my favorite ab movements, which is the decline setup with a slow negative. That one's already a pretty difficult one, but you can modify that exercise to incorporate those twisting motions. 
add in a little bit of rotational work there to hit the obliques, which is part of your overall core and helps deal with the rotation of the spine and the hip. I got a few more listed off here. We got the medicine ball toss to the side. This one also has some power in there, so it's an ex uh, sorry, it's since it's an explosive movement, you can make this one a bit more difficult by extending the range of motion at times or using a heavier medicine ball if it's appropriate. Windmills are another great one too. This definitely carries over to real life activities along with your traditional deadlift also because of that core work going on here. These are a bit difficult to explain over audio, so just look them up on YouTube, give them a try. I think these will be great to include in your workouts because you're moving throughout different ranges of motion, different planes. If you're used to traditional resistance training methods and movements, then these are definitely exercises that you need to start including into your workouts because if you don't use it, you lose it. Question two, why balance and stability is so important for everybody? This one actually isn't emphasized as much as it should be in our industry, even though it should be one of the first training uh, aspects that should be done or modalities. Like a part of the initial assessment as a trainer is finding out those weak points and what needs to be programmed going forward. Trainers should be taking this into account when coming up with ideal programming for a client. If you don't have the necessary balance and stability when performing any kind of movement, your risk of injury increases. And that's one of the biggest factors when it comes to staying healthy for a long time, especially if it's not really your passion when working out isn't really something that you love to do initially. That means a week off could turn into two, could turn into a month off. If there's a long rehab process ahead, let's say you get injured, you might just lose all of your motivation or that discipline altogether. I've seen it with friends and family and even myself at times. Something as little as a thumb injury back in the day and I'd be bitching and moaning to people around me that I'll never be 100% again or I'll never be able to get back to my top form or whatever again. And I believed that at the time because getting a serious injury was so new to me. Nowadays, when I get injured, I know that I'm going to get back in the gym eventually. So I'll just do what I need to do to get better, which is usually at first working on balance and stability. Personally, I've been doing this for about a month now for my knee. The progress has been slower than I'd like, but I know that if I do the right things, I'll come out of this even stronger and better than before. There's so many benefits to this part of your training, but also you don't want to overdo it. This kind of training is important for optimizing performance, reducing injury risk, and helps with enhancing rehab efforts. I know this firsthand, I've injured my ankles multiple times, fractured my thumb, injured my knee recently, I've had my fair share of injuries, more so in the past, and that was probably due to the fact that I never focused on doing any of the stuff before, I just hopped from strength training, going into a full speed basketball game, or some other sport, and that's where all of my injuries have come from, they've just They've always been from doing some sort of sport I wasn't exactly ready for. It's always been outside of the gym. So yes, both of these topics I'm covering today are pretty related because this is another aspect of training that gets overlooked and it's important when it comes to maintaining your best health for as long as possible. If you don't do rotational and anti-rotational movements and if you don't work on balance and stability in your training, your chances of injury will increase slightly. 
This is usually the first step when it comes to training. Also, you shouldn't just be jumping into loading weights on bench press or barbell squats at first. You should be making sure that your balance and stability is good enough to deal with whatever external forces that may happen. These movements prepare you for the heavy weights because those little stabilizer muscles do a lot more work than you realize during those compound lifts. If you've been injured before, you'll notice that you may have a lack of balance and strength in an area, and you can benefit from training in this way to either get better or heal from an injury, or to prevent it from happening again in the future. You need to find a way to devote some time to this style of training. Everyone does. As little as 10 minutes could do the trick. That's been shown in studies to improve static and dynamic balance. And this leads to more motor function in your muscles, aka you'll be better at performing movements. Again, this is important when you're loading your exercises with more and more weight. You're able to stabilize your core more efficiently during a lift like an overhead press or a barbell squat. Working on your balance and stability will lead to more muscle and strength gains. That means more body fat loss. This style of training is great, especially for older clients. This is my main clientele right now. It's especially important to improving their quality of life and reducing that fear of falling. Having better balance and stability are one of the reasons that could prevent those injuries as you get older. They've shown studies in those female soccer players because they have such a high rate of ACL tears. I'm not sure the exact number, but I think it could prevent up to 80% of those injuries with some dedicated time towards stability in the knee and surrounding areas. This style of training has been shown also to reduce ankle injury in multiple studies, so this is proven stuff. It's definitely needed for rehab purposes, so this should be in everyone's workout programming to some degree. Preventative measures. So if you're working on those important areas, this could improve your life significantly. Some of the times where I was most down on myself is when I was injured. You just feel like you're not in control of your life in a way. You're not able to be free and roam around. You take it for granted those times where you're in good health, injury-free, and now I'm at a point where I'm trying to hold on to those moments as long as I can, so give yourself the best chance to do so and perform these movements which may be unilateral movements, so you're working with one side of the body at a time. Maybe that means single arm movements like with a dumbbell or a kettlebell or a cable machine or single leg movements. Obviously you don't want to overdo it like I mentioned earlier. You don't want an older client you're training to fall over, but at the same time, you want it to be challenging. You have to find that balance, but there should be a safe thing to grab onto so that they don't fall or hurt themselves, or you yourself should be supporting them slightly there. That's a good uh, tip for the trainers out there. Improving your balance and stability. This is another way to become strong, plain and simple, but strong in a different aspect. It may not mean benching 315, but you're strong within your own body. You feel stronger because you're building those small muscles and tendons. Balance is a huge part of that. It's pretty overlooked, especially if you look at typical bodybuilding workouts. So how can you perform some of these movements is a question that might be popping up in your head right now. Well, besides working arms or legs independently, which I think should be where you start, after that, you can try stable to unstable surfaces. You can even do movements with your eyes closed if you have some guidance. 
This is important for the rehab process, like I said. So even if you do get injured, it will also help you recover quicker. And you may even be stronger than before if you actually do this style of training properly. Some injuries, yeah, you may never get back to 100%. Like if you tear your Achilles, that's a very long and frustrating journey. But like an ankle sprain, depending on the severity, those are small injuries where you can recover. And then when you get back with the stability, you can really build it up stronger than it was before, especially if you've never trained in this way. The balance and stability training should go hand in hand with your resistance training. So include this in there as one of those techniques to help you get stronger over time. If this is your first time doing this, you should get someone with experience to help you out. If you've been training for a few years already, then you should be able to start doing these kind of movements, but always start slowly. Don't just go from barbell squatting to jumping on something wobbly and then doing squats on that. You should really start from square one here, and it's probably a good idea to remove the weight completely in most cases just to start. So let me end off the episode again with some of my favorite movements when it comes to balance and stability. I'll list a few from what I'm currently doing for myself due to past injuries and weaknesses I experience and that I notice others experience too, so common problems. Some type of plyometrics is going to be necessary here. One of my favorite movements are step-ups, which can be so useful even without extra weight. You're in proper posture for this, so your head is looking forward, chest is up, core is tight, and you just step up with one leg and then the other leg follows and then slowly lower back down one step at a time also. This one is super simple. You should be able to do this at home. So there should be no excuses when it comes to being able to do this movement. Another one of my favorites, though it is a little advanced because it really pushes the limits of your balance, is one-legged deadlifts. These have been super important for me right now since I'm still recovering from a right knee injury. Just a little strain that's been bothering me for more than a month, surprisingly, but one leg deadlifts are a tough one. You're going to have to go super light here, maybe even no weight at first, and you might even have some... It's probably a good idea, actually, to have something close by that you can hold on to just to be safe and comfortable if you don't have a personal trainer with you or someone to help you out. You can find videos of this one on YouTube if you'd like, but it's exactly what it sounds like. You're balancing on one leg and you imitate a deadlift, so your core is tight, back is straight throughout the movement. The leg that's floating is slightly bent and just goes back naturally as you bend down at the waist or the hip. You might notice that that leg on the ground, it'll be pretty wobbly and shaky, and that's just your body's systems working together to maintain your balance and you're building strength with this movement also. Practice that movement a few times per week. You'll notice that not only will you get better at performing the single leg deadlift, it'll also translate to your traditional barbell deadlift because of that added stability. I probably should have broke this topic up into two different parts because this could be a longer conversation actually. I'm sure I'll revisit it again though. Balance and stability are related, but they're not the same, but they're gonna help you both of them, that'll help you uh, gain good body awareness and control of your life again. So make sure to start practicing movements that challenge your balance and stability so that you can be even more healthy going forward. And that concludes episode 103 of the podcast. Thank you for listening. If you really enjoyed the episode or my podcast as a whole, then please leave a review and comment on iTunes or whatever your choice of podcast platform is. 
Also, if you haven't already, you should hit that subscribe button because I'll be releasing episodes every Friday. If you want to follow me, your host, I'm Isaiah.Copon on Instagram. And you can also check out my website, IsaiahCopon.com. If you want to follow the podcast, you can check out at Lift and Learn Podcast on Instagram. And there's also a Facebook page if you just search Lift and Learn Podcast.